Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Last week, we began to talk about a subject called the gift. The gift. Everything we have from God, and we'll recap real quickly, everything we have from God is a gift. And we talked about the Holy Spirit is referred to as a gift from God. We talk about salvation as a gift, and we're right. We talk about being in right standing with God, righteousness as a gift. You're right. Everything we have from God is a gift. You think about it, we didn't earn any of it. But we often don't refer to the Holy Spirit as a gift. And yet in the scriptures, Peter talked about the Holy Spirit as a gift. Paul, when he wrote Timothy, he wrote Timothy in the second chapter of Timothy. I'll just repeat it for you. He said, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You say, well, he's not talking about a ministry gift because his next thing says, for God has not given us. It is a shared experience. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So he was encouraging Timothy, who was the pastor of a huge church in Ephesus. To, he was encouraging him, and he was going through some difficult times, but he was encouraging him not to get overwhelmed by that, not to get afraid, to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. And we'll talk about that later. But he said he's a, he's a gift to us. He's power, God's power, God's love, and God's soundness of mind. I want to talk just a little bit tonight about, we're going to talk about Jesus as he introduces the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk just a little bit about why the confusion and controversy around the Holy Spirit. Well, why do we have confusion? Why do people like, man, they just kind of, kind of divide up into camps on the Holy Spirit? Here's one of the first problems is, I call it a translation problem. The King James translators translated the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. If you come from a, a background where you listen to King James, I, I read King James Bible for years until I was reading it to my kids one day and I was having to translate for them and take all the these and nows and all that stuff out. So I finally just went with the New King James. The New King James calls the Holy Spirit the Holy he calls him the Holy Spirit, but the old King James, I mean, grew up hearing about the Holy Ghost. And that word ghost, it's actually the word pneuma in the Greek, and it means, it actually can mean so many things. It means spirit, it can mean breath. But the translators took it and they called it ghost. Now, when we think of ghost, it does not bring up a great image. We think of ghost, we think of, at best, Casper. You might remember Casper, the friendly ghost. And at worst, we think ghost, oh, that's scary. There was a, a group of ministers walked into a restaurant one time. They were kind of loud. And a lady asked him, said, where have y'all, where y'all been? And this one very loud minister said, we've been to a Holy Ghost meeting. She looked at him and she said, do you wear a costume to that? <laughs> so the word ghost it got translated that, and I don't think that's helped us because people are like, ghost, that's a little scary. Translation is, <laughs> can be tricky. Here's some, here's some interesting translations. In a cocktail lounge in Norway, there's a sign that says, ladies are requested not to have children in the bar. <laughs> here's another one in a, in a Nairobi restaurant. These are people who are translating their language into English. Customers who find our waitresses rude ought to see the manager. In, the bank, in a Bangkok dry cleaners, they translated 
language into English. It says, drop your trousers here for best results. <laughs> Boy, that's dry cleaning with a twist. And then there's a sign over a restaurant in China that says, our food is guaranteed not to cause pregnancy. <laughs> Translation problems. When they translated the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, it didn't help us. Here's the other one, misinformation. It's confusion because people who do not believe in his present day ministry, that these days have passed away, that the days of the Holy Spirit have passed away. Um, so a lot of times you have misinformation. Have you ever had someone tell you about someone and they just told you about this person and uh, you thought, ooh, this is a bad person. And then you meet them for yourself and you find out, what in the world were they talking about? This is a great person. So it's oftentimes misinformation and people have spread misinformation. And part of that misinformation is the idea that these things have passed away and that the Holy Spirit has passed away. You don't have any kind of dispensation in the New Testament. Once you see Jesus once you see Jesus resurrected and he's gone back to heaven, we're living in the last days now. And the book of Acts that started then, we're still in the continuation of that now. There isn't another dispensation. So you don't have scriptural evidence for that. And so oftentimes when people say, well, you know, that, that Holy, Holy Spirit business, that passed away. You don't have scripture for that. And it didn't pass away. In fact, if you go to other parts of the world, it's the only branch of the church that's still growing. There's... People who have, now here's, here's, here's where misinformation comes in. I don't want to be involved or I'm confused about the Holy Spirit because I have known people or experienced people who are weird. <laughs> I won't ask for a show of hands, but there have been some people who are strange and they're like, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. Usually they say the Holy Ghost told me to do something and they're weird people. I'm going to say this again. I, I, I got it from another minister. I believe it's very true. The Holy Spirit did not make them weird. They were weird before they received the Holy Spirit. But there are weird people in all areas. There are weird stamp collectors. There are weird cyclists. There are weird people who are teachers. There are weird. There's a lot of weird people out there. It doesn't do away with that. So if you met somebody and you think, well, they're, they're a weird person and the Holy Spirit didn't make them weird. No, he did not make them weird. I've been, <laughs> I've been filled with the Spirit for over 40 years. I, I promise you, I am not weird. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about as vanilla as they get. I mean, it... it I'm just kind of like white bread. I mean, when Joy met me, she's like, wow, he's just so preppy. And, you know, and, and I'm still preppy. In the, in the summer, I don't wear socks. That's, as weird, that's about as weird as I get, guys, right there. I don't, I don't wear socks with my loafers. But it's, it, the Holy Spirit will make you more Christ-like, not more weird. So anyone that's, that's seen, you've seen weirdness and blamed it on the Holy Spirit, they blamed it on the wrong person. There's also the challenge and why there's confusion is because the Holy Spirit is harder to personify. Now, we can imagine God the Father. We can envision Jesus because we understand them in, in the form. God said we're made in his image, although in the book of Revelation it says he's fire from the loins up and the loins down. And Jesus we can understand, but for some reason, we have a harder time with the Holy Spirit personifying him because he is a person. And yet, let me, let, let's just look at a couple of ways he's revealed in the scripture. 
Jesus talked about him in John the seventh chapter. This is what Jesus said. On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he, he, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as out of, your, out of your spirit, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Now that's rivers of living water referring to the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit wasn't given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is going back to where the Old Testament, in the Old Testament before Jesus came, before he died on the cross, before he was raised from the dead and cleansed us, the only people that had the, the Holy Spirit in their lives were prophets, priests, and kings. God would anoint a prophet or he would anoint a priest or he would anoint a king, but everybody, nobody else could had the Holy Spirit. You had to go hear from a prophet or hear from a priest. The king had an anointing on him to do that. That was all the Holy Spirit. We'll look in a little bit, maybe later on, at the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. He did not just show up on the day of Pentecost. He's always been here. But what happened on the day of Pentecost was that he had the opportunity to fill everybody and so anybody who wanted to receive him could, and this was completely new to them because now he was available to everyone. And so Jesus, when he was glorified, Jesus cleansed us, and now the Holy Spirit's presence can fill us, and that was a whole different story. Rivers of living water. Well, we're thinking, okay, the Holy Spirit is likened to rivers of living water. It doesn't stop there. John talks about the Holy Spirit in John 1. John was talking about when he baptized Jesus. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained on him, but I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you seen the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. You remember Jesus, when he came to John, asked John to baptize him, when John baptized him, when he came up out of the water, said that he saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Now, oftentimes you'll see the Holy Spirit, and if it's depicted, it is in, in the form of a dove. Doesn't mean he is a dove, it just means he came as a dove. So you're thinking, wow, so how are, how are we personified? Listen, he's God and can change form. So, I don't, I, I, how about that? Well, you watch Transformers. <laughs> He's God and can change form. But see, this is why it's a little harder to imagine. So rivers, a dove, and we're not done. Acts, second chapter, verse one. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A rushing mighty wind and fire. So we've got rivers, we've got a dove, we've got a rushing mighty wind, and we've got fire. So you're thinking... Thinking, so how do I imagine the Holy Spirit living in me? That's why I'm saying it's a little harder to personify. So again, we can relate to Jesus. Jesus is 
like us, but the Holy Spirit, mm, different. And yet, Jesus never refers to the Holy Spirit as an it. You always refer to the Holy Spirit as he. He is a person. He is a divine personality. What we have to get over is you don't have to have a body to be a divine personality. Are y'all here? You're awfully quiet. Are you here? You're, you're listening. Okay. But that's, that's, that, that makes it different. So we've got, we've got misinformation. We've got, we've got translation. We have harder to personify. And here's, here's the big thing. Wherever you see confusion and controversy, look for the work of Satan. Wherever you see someone that's just confusing and where people are, are butting heads, especially if it's in the scripture, that's Satan's work. Jesus was talking to, uh, when he was preaching one time, and he talked about not receiving the word in Mark, the fourth chapter. Jesus said, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And you say, well, how in the world can he do that? He lies and he'll keep you from receiving. Now, I, I will ask a question. How many of you knew about Jesus and, and you heard about Jesus and rejected, didn't even just receive? First time you heard it, you're just like, mm -mm, no, not for me. Anybody? Just say, yes. right? Some of you? Some of you said, no, I didn't. How many of you heard about Jesus and years later you received him as your Lord and Savior? Could you have received him first time you heard him? You didn't receive that word. That word came and you just, it, it, didn't, it didn't hit, it didn't land. So the enemy is always trying to get people to not receive God's word. You can sit in here. I've, I've, seen, I've seen people sitting here and some people are just so attentive and having a good time. The person right beside them going straight to sleep. I say, well, Alan, that's your fault. It is not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's, it's really, it's, it's our willingness to receive. See, I, a lot of times you hear me talk and I'll go, okay, take the brakes off of me. Because you, sometimes you just kind of, kind of, people kind of, they go. Usually when people are doing this, they're not receiving. But when you open your heart and receive, it's just, it's, it's a whole different environment. Makes it easier. Which is why people say, why don't you do on, why don't you do on Sundays what you do on Wednesday nights? And I answer them, I can't. Because people on Sundays don't receive like people on Wednesday night. Kudos to you. No, seriously. Typically people who come on Wednesday night, not, not everyone, but typically people who come on Wednesday night, they weren't drug here. Sunday, man, we, they got, we got them coming in from all over the place. That's why we see more salvations on Sunday. We see more people come to Christ on Sunday. We see, I go to a broader audience on Sunday. Wednesday night, I narrow it down. I teach. I get down here on the floor. I get in your business because I have the ability to do it because you're more receptive. Right? How many of you have come to Sunday and, and come to Wednesday and noticed a difference? It's a different thing. And then I have people come, oh, I don't like Sunday. I like Wednesday. Whoa. Whoa. Hang on, Sparky. You can receive anything. Don't do that. Because if you come Sunday, do me a favor. Receive, just open your heart and receive to make it easier on the rest of everybody who's not receiving. So come and help me out. 
Don't come and go, I like Wednesday better. No, great, I'm glad you like Wednesday better. But if you would receive, it makes it easier for me to preach. Let me tell you something. I've been to places to preach before where it is hard to preach. And you got people looking at you going, we don't believe it, we don't believe it. That's hard to preach in. That's why I like Wednesday nights. Y'all are easier to preach to, typically. <laughs> you really are. But it makes a difference. It makes a difference if we're receptive. And so please understand, anytime you hear something, that's why, that's why I'll, I'll say this again. If, if you haven't heard much about the Holy Spirit, or you've been taught against Him, or this is not for this, just don't go negative. Just stay open. Because I'm going to give you lots of scripture. And we've got a word around here. Don't get mad. Get scripture. You want to be able to back up what you believe with scripture, not with tradition. <laughs> My mother was, uh, she, we, we got um, exited out of a Baptist church <laughs> because she was just hungry for God and got, got filled with the Spirit in a Catherine Kuhlman meeting uh, when Catherine Kuhlman came through our hometown. Oh, my mom was so excited. Shared it with all her junior high girls in her Sunday school class. Started getting these little junior high girls filled with the Spirit. It didn't work well. And uh, they, they, they kind of booted us, sort of, really. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I remember... I remember her, her heart was so hungry and, and she, she wanted, but a lot of times people haven't, they've been taught against it. And so I remember her, my mom though, she would, she would, she would sometimes she'd look at the hair on her arm, she'd go, ooh, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if she got chill bumps, that was like for years, I grew up thinking the Holy Spirit was chill bumps <laughs> on your arm. And so if I'd tell something to mom, and mom go, ooh, I got a witness. And we're looking, looking at mom's, mom got a witness on this. It's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I remember watching a, a, a basketball game one night, and I watched Michael Jordan knock down a, a jump shot as a freshman, and the University of North Carolina won a basketball championship. And I'm looking, all of a sudden, I had the same chill bumps on mom. I said, wait a minute, hold on, hang on. That's, that was Michael Jordan. That was not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> But for years, I thought it was because that, that was my tradition. That was how I was taught. And so later on, I found that the Holy Spirit doesn't always manifest himself in chill bumps. <laughs> it's that we're led by a witness of the Spirit, so I, I stopped looking for chill bumps. But what I'm saying is you can get used to a tradition and shut yourself off, and you don't want to do that because you want to stay open, because you want all God's God, because we're living in a day where we need his power, his love, and his soundness of mind. Amen. We're living in a day where we're not watching, as I'm watching the church, as I'm watching young people talk about deconstructing their faith. They're deconstructing their faith, and I'm thinking, Lord knows, we need help. We, we need power in a real genuine experience with God so we stop deconstructing stuff and start building up so we can reach people like we're supposed to reach people. We don't need to be focusing on where we disagree and what we don't like among one another. We got a lost world out there that desperately needs Jesus. And the reason, the reason, the key reason that the Holy Spirit, I need to jump into this, is Jesus talked about that he would be someone like himself. So let's take a look at that 
today. What Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He's the helper from the Father. John 14, verses 16 through and 17. Jesus is speaking. He's talking to his disciples. And this is sitting around at the Last Supper. John records his message to the disciples right before he goes to the cross. It's one of the best, one of the best sermons and some of the best uh, information that you get in the Gospels is found in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So let's take a look a little bit of what Jesus talked about, the helper of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will give you another helper. Now, when he said another helper, that word another is a powerful word because it means another of the same kind or of equal quality. Another helper, another, some translations read another comforter. So Jesus is telling his disciples, he said, I want you to get this, guys. He said, I'm going to give you another helper, someone who's going to help you like I've helped you. It's another of the same quality. If um, I'll give you an example of that. Anybody like trucks? Come on, this is Texas. We love trucks here. What if you had a truck? Let's say you got a truck, Ford F-150, Raptor, Super Cab, four-wheel drive, V8. You know, those bad boys cost close to $90,000. And if you had that truck, and man, you love that truck, polished it, red, blacked out grill, blacked out wheels. And you take it into town and uh, you come out of the restaurant and someone stole your truck. Mm, I fear everyone, like people here in Texas almost unconsciously reached uh, around. <laughs> it's a Texas thing. Yeah. It's like a, I'm reaching for that gun that's not there. But you, oh, you're heartbroken, but you call your cousin who's your insurance guy? And you go, man, they stole my truck. And he said, hey, cuz, don't worry. We'll get you another one. You go, okay. Two days later, he calls you. He said, we got, your, we got your vehicle. So you drive over to his office. You pull up. You're looking, you're looking for a truck. You don't see it. You go in. You go, where's my truck? He said, oh, we didn't get you a truck. Throws you the keys. He said, what's, what's this? He said, we got you a Volkswagen Beagle. Beetle. <laughs> Volkswagen Beetle, yeah, he said, 2013 model, only got 100,000 miles on it, it's out there, it's about, you look out and there's a red Volkswagen Beetle out there, you went, what? How many of you, he lied, he didn't get you another one, you say, well, I thought you said you were going to get me another one, I said, well, I got you another vehicle, that is not the same quality, right, that is not the same Come on. Beetle, raptor, not the same thing. Right? Truck, rap, no, it is not. You got ripped off. He did not get you another one. He got you a vehicle, but it wasn't the same quality. When Jesus said, I'm going to give you another helper, it's the same quality as me. That's pretty serious. And for the disciples, don't you know that kind of, they all kind of went, Whoa, because who'd been their helper for three years? 
Jesus. They had, a, they had a question, who'd they go to? Jesus. They needed a miracle, where'd they go? Jesus. They needed, I bet they woke up every day going, man, I wonder what's going to happen today. Because we are hanging with Jesus. I hear people say, man, I wish I could have been there with Jesus. Well, that would have been fun. But Jesus said, actually, it's to your advantage that I go away. And he told them it was to their advantage. But now he said, got another helper. He said, he's another one. He's just like you, just like me. And that word helper is, is parakletos. It means to comfort, to encourage, to give aid. One who comes forward on the behalf of another. Now, I found some notes in a, in a, in a Bible uh, from Bible scholar, I think a lot of them. Let me just read this to you because the word another means allos, one besides another of the same kind. Jesus' use of allos for sending another comforter or helper equals one besides me and in addition to me, but one just like me. He will do in my absence what I would do if I were physically present with you. The Holy Spirit coming assures continuity with what Jesus did and taught. He says, I'm going to give you another helper. And they were nervous. They were worried Jesus was leaving them. He said, no, no, no. He said, I'm going to give you another helper. And he's going to be just like me. Keep in mind that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is God. So we didn't get ripped off. We didn't get a secondary deal. In fact, Jesus later on would say, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. But if I go, he said, well, you think, how in the world could that be an advantage for them? Because Jesus, when he was on the earth and his earthly ministry was in one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit can live in us and go with us. And we don't have to wait to hear, well, Peter's talking to Jesus. I'm going to wait to hear from Jesus. No, he lives in us all the time. And that is an advantage to us. So what I'm, I'm, I'm saying is this. This is where we have to take, stop looking at the Holy Spirit like the weird uncle of the Godhead and start realizing we just got sent someone who is wonderful, someone who is just like Jesus, someone who knows everything about everything and who can help us. He is a helper. Say, what can he help me in? He can help you parent. He can help you in your marriage. He can help you in your business. He can help you in your peace of mind. He can help you in your mental health. He can help you in your body. He can help you because he's God. And if he's God and he's living in you, he can help you. So we need to stop acting like we're helpless. He said, I'm, he said, I'm going to give you another. I'm going to give you another one just like me. Same quality, same kind. You're not getting a second hand. This is not the Volkswagen Beetle. This is... The same kind, and he said that he would be with us forever. With us forever. Don't think that just because <laughs> you've messed up that the Holy Spirit decided to check out on you. When I was in college, I got between my freshman and sophomore year, excuse me, freshman, yeah, freshman, sophomore year, I went to sell books for a company called Southwestern Book Sell. They sent me to Illinois. Illinois, you've heard me tell the story. I was born again. I was filled with the Spirit. Had an amazing experience with God. God became real to me. Came back. I came back to my college. I had, I had the same roommates. I had some crazy roommates. I was in the fraternity. No one was academic in this fraternity. In fact, I was the academic chairman of this fraternity. And uh, it, was, it was a party fraternity. And I gradually slipped back into where I was not living for God at all. In fact, if you had looked at me my freshman year and looked at me in my senior year, you would not have noticed any difference at all. 
When I graduated from college, I got a job. And I, I worked with Bluebell, not the ice cream company. <laughs> Wrangler Jeans. I was a Wrangler Jeans sales rep. And I trained there in North Carolina, and they sent me up to Luray, Virginia. And coming back from Luray, Virginia, that was a two weeks. I was on a per diem. I mean, I'm, I'm getting money in. Man, I partied hard in that town. Almost, in fact, I partied so I embarrassed myself. I'm out there drinking. I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting bombed. I'm wasted. I found every dope smoker in the place. and we. So it was just a pretty wild time. So you got Alan living, not living for God at all. And I'm driving home. Driving home, it was a beautiful day. Luray, Virginia is up in the mountains. It's a beautiful country. I rolled the windows down in my Reliant K car. Pushed the pedal all the way to the floor so that the thing would at least do 70. And I'm driving, and I'm driving down. And for some reason, I just decided to sing hymns. And I began to sing Amazing Grace. Away from God so far. And the presence of God filled that car. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit came in that car and filled it. And I'm driving down singing Amazing Grace, just having lived as, as far away from God, and I'm weeping, and the presence of God, it's so real. I can, oh, I'll never forget it. I was away from God, but he was not away from me. Jesus said he will be with you forever and he doesn't leave you. If you think, well, I've been too bad and the Holy Spirit's left me, he does not leave you. He stays with you. And he stayed with me and even though here was a young man doing everything he could not to live for God, the Holy Spirit just reminded me, I'm still here, Alan. I still love you. <laughs> I'll never forget it. That he would be that merciful to me and I had not been good to him. He's good. He's God. And two months later, I'm back in and never look back. Aren't you glad? Some of you have loved ones that you know have been born again. I'll tell you something. You keep praying for them because the Holy Spirit hadn't left them. They may, may be as backslidden as they can be. They may be talking about they're denying the faith. You, you keep praying for them to say, God, thank you for sending somebody to them. Thank you for having, letting them have an experience because I want to tell you something. God can still reach them exactly where they are. Don't you give up. Thank God for a mother that continued to pray for me. You continue to pray for them. He's a helper and he never leaves us. And he never will. Will you bow your head? Father, thank you for your great mercy and your goodness to us. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit here to help us, here to represent Jesus to us. Thank you for that. What a marvelous gift. Thank you, Father, for those who came tonight there discouraged and thinking that you don't care, you do. And you have more for them. For those that are hungry, there's more for them. Father, for those that have been away from you, there's a way back. And Father, for those 
who just have felt like their whole Christian life has stagnated. It doesn't have to be that way. Thank you, Lord. That always is more with you. Tonight, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you came and said, you know what, Alan, I'm, I'm, man, I know I'm not right with God. I, if I died right now, I have no idea where I'd go. Or maybe you're here and you say, I, I used to. I can relate to you. I used to be right with God, but I haven't been. But I want to change that. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front. But right where you are, God can meet you right there in your chair. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you I'm talking to and you want in on this prayer, don't be embarrassed and don't be ashamed. Just shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Alan, would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Anybody else? Yeah, got you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and yet you really wanted to, you can pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. If you're watching online, you can pray this out loud. If you're by yourself, if you're with other people, pray it quietly. We're going to pray it in here together as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who've come in and those who've come home. Father, we rejoice with them. We thank you for them. And we look forward to the good things that you're going to do in them. Father, we give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.